Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we discuss music, whether it's made by an artist, a band, a collective of some sort of people. And this week we are talking about Godspeed You, Black the Emperor. on fire, and there's no driver at the wheel. And the sewers are all muddied with a thousand lonely suicides. Nice, bright, positive intro. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... This is Tyler. And once again this week, we are talking about Godspeed You, Black Emperor, a uh, post-rock collective who I... uh, It's an interesting choice, and I think it will be an interesting conversation to be able to to have about such a thing. Tyler, what was your your first introduction to Godspeed? Well, I saw their second album mm-hmm. with skinny fists around a lot um at the record store online being pictured talked about what have you right so i just knew of that album and i always thought uh i liked the cover from the first time i saw it i thought that looks really cool i don't know what it is but it looks really cool and then i heard the name and i go that's a really cool name yeah so all these things together are making for an album that I'm going to have to buy at some point. Right. So did you, uh, did you like it immediately when you first listened to Godspeed and that particular album? Cause I'm again, I'm assuming, I think most people's introduction would have been lift your skinny fists. Like I, I, it's obviously their most popular album. It's obviously the album that like musical minds will latch onto more than anything else that they have made. Right. So I'll tell you what, now that I'm looking at it, I, I didn't, I listened to that album first. But the first one I bought, mm-hmm. because when I went to buy it, uh, there was no more copies of it at the time. So the first one I mm-hmm. bought was actually their return, the 2012 Alleluia Don't Bend to Sin. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, my intro was still the intro in terms of which one I listened to. First was still Lift Your Skinny Fist. And I, I liked it to initially. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I had already been a fan of post-rock. Not as much of this style, not that I wasn't a fan of this style, but I hadn't listened to this style as much. My post-rock journey started, and this kind of gets into a little bit of the questionable, I can put people into the genre or not, Sure. with uh, Ratatat, which okay. is not a post-rock band, although I argue that they kind of are a post-rock band. They have way. elements of it, for sure. Sure. So I heard Ratatat, I thought that was interesting. So at the time, I was still using uh, Pandora. Uh-huh. So I created a station for one specific Ratatat song. And from there, I found L1011, which is my real intro into post-rock. Which, of course, I have heard many times that you're a pretty pretty big fan of what they're up to. So Yeah, I really like L1011. It's a different style. It's a, They're from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I feel like with the West Coast, people have just a different way of looking at some things. Post-rock yeah, included. For sure. So it's more uh, minimal instrumentation, their style is, but it the it's more repetitive and melodic mm. in a way you know instead of layers include instead of having lots of layers that build into something yeah they have lots of layers that include some backing stuff some melody and percussion so and i think that the layers and the building is really the easiest way to describe what is going on with godspeed and if you're gonna like it because the obviously yes. the way that their songs predominantly are structured is that they start pretty small they start to build into something much bigger and then they hit this kind of big crescendo moment 
and then sometimes it'll fade back out and then come back in, fade back out, come back in, because they they're challenging. I think that's really kind of the thing about Godspeed and why Jared would not have wanted to been on an episode about Godspeed is because of the fact that they are very challenging. They are patience testing. I I personally find them to be quite rewarding when I listen to them, but I don't know that I felt that way when I first listened because I don't know that I had committed enough like energy and, um, you know, like put in the level of work that it takes to really enjoy like what they were doing musically. It's not something that you just like, they're not hit makers, you know, like these are 20 minute long songs. So you're not going to have a song that's going to land the the closest thing, obviously being the one song that maybe people know is the one from um, 28 days later, which I would have never known was Godspeed you, but East Hastings, from right. what is it? Uh, F sharp, A sharp, infinity. A sharp, infinity. Yeah, yeah. A sharp, F, F sharp, A sharp, infinity. So that song is on Twenty Days Later. I would have never like I liked that movie growing up, um, yeah. and I think it well, sets it's heavily that tone inspired well. by Godspeed. Right just by their the movie itself is essentially a movie created with the entirety of like that album in mind. Right, because because so, that album in particular is really kind of. Because that's another thing that's worth talking about. We'll dig into all these pieces as we go. But they also, in some kind of strange way, still communicate some kind of meaning within all of this instrumental post-rock kind of stuff. Right. And and that album in particular, really, has a pretty like consistent thread of what's kind of going on, both thematically and also like technically lyrically, you know? Sure. Yeah. So... I don't, I was well prepared for this type of music, I think, when I started listening to it. So I didn't have an issue enjoying it to begin with and, and appreciating it. But I had also learned a context that is useful for me to, to listen to it, right? I had listened to it a lot. I listened to L1011 a lot when I worked, when, I, when my focus on it could be um, maybe not so direct, which is a good way to maybe begin because it allows you to to get the emotion of it, right? Because it's a it's full of emotion, in a way that you people don't normally understand. That's part of sure. what's so challenging is the emotion. Right. It it's more, it's more about what music makes you feel, not what someone tells you to feel because of the lyrics or because of what they're saying or whatever. In so. the same way that it you know it has the same kind of emotional potency as something like classical music. Like it's about yes. like the tonality of what sa- things sound like. It's about you know uh, the the amount of layers that come in. The the level of sound that you're hearing can change. Like you know if you play something softer. It's a you know a lighter thing, but the louder that it gets, the more you start feeling like your emotions billowing up. Like yep. that's what music does, and it's done that for a very long time. Not all music has always been vocally based, so right. we know this, but it is not the easiest way to understand and uh, process and consume music. I suppose at this point, sure. Yeah, I think that storm. That's the first the opener off of lift your skinny fist of course mm-hmm. is a, I, th- I mean i think it lift your skinny fist is just a great place to start with them yeah and with post rock in general because the initial build in storm up to that horn melody that's very empowering is probably i don't it's hard to say any of it is accessible right but i think it's it comes faster than a lot of their other songs that first build up and it's kind of stronger 
and it kind of just feels more um more present and it feels more uplifting i guess right mm. than some of their other builds because of the speed because of the specific way the melody is done right it's a major key it's not like you know what i mean so <clears throat> some of those things i think make it a little bit easier so i think that's a song that would be relatively easy to start with so i think that was probably helpful for me as well sure because it's not always easy to get into this type of thing it's not always no. easy to part of the thing too is it it's i mean albums should be listened to as albums yes or yes. at least as sides i mean when you go to storm or to uh lift your skinny fists even in spotify it's listed as two sides right like almost two cds right you know and so and that's and it's meant to be listened to in that way yes so it's hard to devote you know 40 minutes of your time to something yes you know it is so it, in the same way like as another it. another group that we've covered that are kind of within the same kind of music in at least at this point in their in their career was swans because right yes. around this time was when soundtracks for the blind came out and that's a two hour and 21 minute long you know album and it has that same kind of like feel to it where you don't you know there's not really a song that stands out in the same way that with godspeed there's not really a song that stands out across that album. I know that for me, like, you know, so we can play something is because, you know, of course the musical end is the most interesting part, but I think the thing that I remember best because of the fact that it is one of those things that's a little bit more consumable and easy to remember is the clip from the song at the beginning of the song sleep, because I really, really enjoy that narrative that the the old man like kind of presents in yeah. there. And I like the way that it threads into um the song like once he says he says that line like near the end which is the part where i'll play and when he says it you could like you can feel where the the layers start and the song starts you know it, it's mostly just the narrative and then that narrative starts the song um and i think that's the part that kind of stands out to me because it is so consumable um but there aren't those parts of their music you know like that's not the typical thing is that this this particular you know three three minute segment is totally the single you know like that's not how it works um right. but i'll go ahead and play that part of sleep all over the world there was a playground they call it the playground of the world over here anyways uh so but i uh you know i even got when i was a when I was very small, I even got lost in Coney Island, but they found me on the, on, on the beach. And we used to sleep on the beach here, sleep overnight. They, they don't do it anymore. Things changed, see. They don't sleep anymore on the beach. Like, you know, there, there's a purpose behind the the snippets that they do, too, because sometimes you'll have that kind of music where it's used and it's kind of like, you know, they're just trying to add something in for like flavor of some kind. But it helps mm -hmm. to to give the listener the idea of what kind of emotion that they're going for, because obviously the way that the narrative works is it is a very nostalgic kind of emotional thing that he's talking about, which then goes into something that, you know, gives you those kind of emotions to some degree. Um, but again, you know, like there's just not, there's not a point in that album when you've got four songs, it's an hour and what, 22 minutes, hour and 27 yeah, minutes. Each yeah, song hour and is, a half, pretty much. 
each song is nearly 20 minutes. So like, you know, none of those songs are going to be something that you can't like, you have to sit down and listen to all of it. So. Yeah. I mean, it has to be experienced as a whole. What did you think about? Cause I, it's interesting to look in to see some of the political end of what's going on in Godspeed you black emperor, because I don't think that it's as, um, I don't think it's as noticeable if you're not looking for it, if that makes sense. Like, I think that the, they're there and you can see those threads when you start digging in a little bit more. But I think that had you just listened to it, it wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I can see what the message is here. Yeah, the political stuff is, as you mentioned, it's just not as noticeable, right? I mean, it depends. It depends on what version of certain things you get, mm-hmm. right? Because for the in- instance, uh, their third album, Yanqua UXO, mm-hmm. has a hidden track. It does. I, we know how you feel about your hidden tracks. So, it, but it's not in Spotify, right? And it's and it's not in a lot of places. And it's I know it's on the the vinyl record, but I don't know if it. I don't know where all it got translated to. I don't know. I do yeah. know it was on the physical end of it. Which also we should talk a little bit about the physical parts of their albums at some point too, because I think that that's something that you would appreciate as well. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So it's uh, it's a clip of broken up pieces of George W. Bush speeches, right? With uh, phrasing over top of it, which is escaping me at the moment. Do you remember what the phrase is? I don't remember, but I, I remember seeing that this is what it was. Yes. Let's see here. I listened to it. I had to get it on YouTube because I don't own this physically. Gotcha. Here, let me see if I can find it real quick. We'll just listen to it together. That is very odd. Yeah. It's weird. And that's the exact, I mean, it's that the entire time. There's not a whole lot of change in it. So, right. It's pretty interesting. But, and that obviously of, is the one that makes the most sense to be a little bit more direct in its political themes because even yeah. the cover of the album is clearly making a comment in terms of right. something political. And I know the liner notes make political statements as well. So, it's yes. like, you know, they, they fit it in there even more than those other two albums. I think Lift Your Skinny Fists is probably the one of those first three albums as they were active that obviously was the least political. Um, Right. Where, like, you know, again, like, they had those kind of, like, vocal snippets that helped tell you what the message was, but then all of the music, which, of course, you know, in a 20-minute song, the vocal snippets like we've played are maybe, like, you know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes of yeah, the 20-minute song. Yeah, definitely clips. Yeah, they're very, very short snippets of songs. So it might feel like, like if, like, if this is your first introduction to them, it would feel like maybe that's what this is, is just, like, weird samples of things put to music. No, it is not. No, not at all. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, but fact, yeah. I, I tell you an interesting, I watched a video on YouTube when preparing, um, that was kind of like understanding. I typed in Godspeed, you black emperor about with the attempt of like, just seeing some people talk about in general, some stuff, right. You know, 
So I found this video of this guy who kind of talks about how all of Godspeed's music is essentially this game of, it's like a game of tug of war between pessimism and hope. I could see that. Well, so, do you know who the who you're quoting from? Yeah, the, the YouTube creator is called Aporia. That's the name of the channel. I think I've seen that channel before. Okay. It's uh, He covers various different, not a lot of subscribers, 21,000 subscribers. But from what I've seen, he's covered a lot of uh, kind of talking about that kind of thing, like, you know, right. the meaning behind some artists, yeah. some things like that. So it's pretty interesting because it's, it's the depiction of, so it's kind of, everything is used to portray this, the physical stuff, the lyrical or spoken word stuff, mm -hmm. where that plays into the sonic stuff. And even into like the way that they describe track listings and stuff like that. I mean, a good example is on F sharp, A sharp infinity. Mm -hmm. If you go to Wikipedia and look up that specific album, you can see, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't show it on. Here's the thing, Spotify, you're sucking it big time. You are doing such a terrible job at like things like this. They really are. This is, this is where, yeah. If you had not done additional research on this one, F sharp, a sharp infinity, what you had been so lost. Yeah. You wouldn't know because the, the, the track listing is different based off of physical release even. And then each, just like classical music, each section, each song itself is split up into moments, yes. just like classical music. Yes, would be. they are. They are actual movements within the song, yes. and not necessarily just these twenty-minute-long songs. They have an intention at different right. points throughout the song, just like a piece of classical music would. Right. You know, a piece of classical music would last the same amount of time, thirty minutes, and it would have all of these movements, if right. you will. Right. You know, so all of these things together deal with trying to deal with the pessimism and hope, right? So all they all they're doing is showing you, you know, what's wrong. This is what's going on. These are problems. Here's how we feel. Here's the negatives. But then it's always kind of bringing you into a place of hope. The end of most of the time, the end of a song will end on a note that feels better than the lowest or next to lowest point in the song. Right. You know, so there's always some it's always ending somewhere better than where it's been. But that's kind of like it was. Just, it's just it was interesting watching that video because it's very true about a lot of it, uh, and that's kind of like a an upper level idea of you know what's going on with the music because it's also very heavily about layers and sounds and all of these things. And one thing that I found that's kind of was interesting as well was that uh, at the beginning of apparently, and I don't know if it's every concert, but I believe it to be because of what I found, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you found this as well is they always open with the same thing, which is an unrecorded instrumental piece. It's all instrumental, of course, but you know, right, right, it's right. an unrecorded piece known as uh, the Hope Drone, okay. which is just a droning piece of music that uh, they play in the beginning as they're preparing. It's the first thing they do, kind of like a come-on song, but everyone's already there. Right. And they have a screen behind them that flashes the word hope, but it's like broken up and staticky and all sorts of stuff. And yeah. that's like a, you know a 10 minute thing that they do at the beginning of every concert. Interesting. And it's just the drone the whole time. Just a long. Yeah. It's just a drone. drone. I watched it. I ended up watching one of them. Yeah. The opening of one of them on YouTube. And it's just a drone. What is it? Does it, do... does it give you the sense of hope as it's droning? Yeah. Cool. I think so. Yeah. I mean, but it's also not about just about that. It's about right. like, I think it's also about questioning 
that hope because you're about to. It's funny because I'm like, I would love to see Godspeed. The whole experience of seeing them in person would be, it's all about experience. It's not just about music. For sure. Because it also, they also have the visual element of their live performances as well, where they're playing, you know, like, it's not just the hope that they play when they're doing these live performances. They have these visual elements that they're playing on a screen as they're performing their music too. So, and it's also about interlaying different. So, I mean, how long is the concert? How many songs are you playing? Oh my for, God. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would think that they're the kind of like group that you would have to do one of two things. One, they have to pick an album and just do that. Right. Like you, you just, we're just going to do this whole album that we are not, because like, again, who's going for singles? You know, like no one's going for that. The other one is, is that like, I almost would see them as just being the type of people who would just like improvise where they, they would like take movements from different portions of songs and then just let it all kind of play together. You know, that's what I, mean? what I like, would want. That would be cool though. Like you wouldn't necessarily yeah. know, like, because I mean, no, I don't think that anybody like has every movement down in their head. You know, like I think yeah. that's one of the the interesting and fun parts about listening to Godspeed is I can listen to the entirety of a twenty two minute long song, and I promise you, I do not know when the rise is coming. I do not know when the fall is coming. I do not know like, it, like if I were to listen to it without looking at the time print. I would never know exactly when it was going to end. I can't do right. 22 minutes in my head. And so, like, there's not necessarily a clear indicator at any point that this is for sure when it's over. Because they'll hit a big climax of sound, and then they'll transition into either a new movement, or they'll come back to a repeated motif that they've already done, right. whatever it might be. And so it's not always clear, like, oh, oh, there's the rise, there's the rise. Okay, it's falling, now the song's over. No, not necessarily. Like, and so, you know, if you were to do it as a live performance, like, they could do, like, an hour and a half long set. And when they'd be done, I was like, oh, they're done. You know, like, I wouldn't even yeah. know when the, the, the done part would be. My hope would be that they would do what you mentioned. And they would just take different movements from different songs and just play them in whatever, whatever order they feel like. Right. Because that's, like, the most interesting experience that you could have with – because especially like with just live music, because these people are, they're already doing mild improvisation on their own parts in the movement itself. Right. You know, I mean, they do follow standard motifs and melodies and, uh, and chord progressions, Sure. but you know, for the most part, there are portions of it that are semi uh, improvised. Similar to like a jazz performance where like a jazz performance is never going to be the exact same performance every time they're going to add some flair to it at some point with different parts of the song, because a lot of it is very improvisational. And so when you record something, you're not going to like when you re-perform it, it's not like you have every single bit of it memorized for the most part, you know, the, the, the repeated portions of what are supposed to happen. And then some of it mm-hmm. is just playing around. Yeah. And the other interesting portion would be you, you have all these familiar things, all of these movements that are familiar, but you're they're you're being forced to experience them in a different context, right? Because you're just lining them up in orders that you're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. So, like all of that mixed together would be so crazy. It would I, be. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see Godspeed in that regard. It would be amazing. I don't even know. I, and again, be because wild. it would be such a again, it's not like your typical kind of live performance in the same way that listening to Godspeed is not your typical kind of album experience or song experience. You know, like we don't sit around in the same way listening to classical albums or sit around listening to full jazz albums. It's not something that we really do musically in our culture anymore. Um, 
and so you know you get a different sensation from listening to something like any really any post rock of course godspeed being you know one of the the prime if not the prime example of instrumental post rock um but any of that kind of music challenges you in a way that maybe you wouldn't have expected it to challenge you because it's not something that you sit around and listen to, so you don't really know what to expect in a lot of ways. So when you're doing it live, it's the same kind of thing. It's an experience that you're not familiar with and a performance that you're not very familiar with. And they're also, again, you know, they add in all of the, you know, the thematics to the performance that make it a whole bigger experience. Yeah, indeed. Wow, and it definitely be, it'd be interesting. Yeah, certainly interesting. What did you uh, What did you think of? So okay, so we spent most of our time talking about the first three albums. Uh, yeah. F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. I, I've got one. If you want to transition to the next three, I'm down. But I got one thing on the first three. Please, left for you. Go for it. This I found that this week. This is something I just found in listening, and I was like, I'm going to bring this up because go for it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a told you so moment for me here. Oh yeah, remember that one time when we uh, covered Dick Dale? Yes, and, and we and there was a brief debate about the influence of surf rock. Yeah, how much surf rock is on F sharp, A sharp, Infinity? There's so much surf guitar in that album, and it's phenomenal. Layered in there, getting all twangy. They have a whole section called the Cowboy. It's phenomenal. Yeah, the Cowboy is a little bit of a surf rocky thing. But it's all surf rocky. I don't know that if, it, I don't know if so it's surf. I feel like surf rocky at that point. The Cowboy one is more of just kind of like a similar guitar tone that surf rock would have used. But I don't know. I feel like it's more of Cowboy. That's my point. Know, That's what Dick Dale created: surf rock guitar. I hear you. I was really happy. I love. Let's I think play, that. Let's play uh, a little bit of uh, the Cowboy one from from F. Go for it. like it still just gives me a little bit of a western feel well that's what but surf rock th- is. maybe surf rock's got a little bit of that tonality i that's guess. what surf rock is the west the western thing you're thinking about is surf is surf stuff i hear it's you. been adapted to so I, this album first off i think that uh this album is just as good as any of the rest of theirs and in fact mm-hmm. if i remember correctly and i could be wrong because i don't remember i looked up i think last week sure this is the highest rated on pitchfork of all of their albums is it it is. Even I thought that they had given the reissue of Lift Your Skinny Fist a, a 10 out of 10. It was a best new music, if I remember correctly, but I don't believe, I still don't believe it. Be, I think I have the tab open. Let okay. me double check here. Yeah, please do. Because I think I got it still. I think they're both very well received. I think that those two. They're both. Hmm? Here we go. Yeah, they're both really good. Okay, so it was Hallelujah, uh, Don't Bend, Ascend got uh, a best new music. Yes. But did not but lift your skinny fist has a nine okay and f sharp a sharp infinity has nine and a half gotcha and it is their highest ranked gotcha album so of course our lord and savior pitchfork um i'm just saying it is a good representation no yeah yeah yeah, absolutely i think you see 
lift your skinny fist more often when you're looking for like if you're in like a record store you're gonna see that album probably though that's the album that people are gonna point you towards but i do think f sharp a sharp infinity it's you know it's really in the same vein of what they were doing on the second album it's just two different albums doing two different things but still in you know the same kind of layered you know post-rocky way bringing in lots of different things that you wouldn't expect in rock music or in you know even modern music just in general Um, i think where your i think where your preference for different godspeed albums is going to sit is kind of based on what type of instrumentation you find you prefer most sure or or want to listen to most because f sharp a sharp infinity is a little bit more in the standard rock vein sure it has it's more guitar heavy the layers are more based off of that type of stuff there's not as much horn and strings coming in as compared to lift your skinny fist which is much more in the world of hey we're gonna have lots of horns this is gonna be a little more like really cinematic as compared to cinematic and uh, orchestral really yes as compared to um just being um what's the word i'm looking for now Um, atmospherical right yeah 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 yeah. because that one obviously has that kind of dim atmosphere whereas lift your skinny fist is like this kind of uh ever reshaping beast of you know cinematic what haves use um, and Young Quiet UXO is similar. So their 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 sound shifts slightly there. Yeah. Then when we move in, and this is a great uh transition into the Indeed. their return as they a took 10 a 10-year like hiatus. hiatus and they returned in 2012 mm-hmm. with Hallelujah Don't Bendescend, also really a phenomenal album. I, every time I listen to these albums, I say, you know, for instance, this for this uh episode, I listened in order and I said, huh. you know, I used to think I liked uh lift your skinny fist but now i think that f sharp a sharp infinity is probably my favorite though you know gotcha. what I mean? and then i listen to every time i listen to him i go dang this one might be my favorite now yeah because they're all so different and have something to show don't bend, as don't come, bend to sin is maybe one of is up there for you too oh it's so good it's, it's also a very good album i agree it's more psych rock heavy yeah guitar guitar forward but really heavy layered distortion more uh tonal variances mm-hmm. in terms of those instruments it's funny because people want to talk about f sharp a sharp infinity as a doom album which is interesting because the sure. context of it kind of seems that way right i mean the sure. only lyrics we hear the only the only vocal deliveries talk about that a little bit a lot of people let that kind of overshadow the rest of the music to an extent i think well it's weird to hear you say classify it as doom in general because in my brain my brain immediately when you say doom fills in the blank of metal because doom metal is really what doom is i can't think of other really areas in which doom would not then be followed by metal and i I don't think metal's fault perhaps it is um but like f sharp a sharp infinity is definitely not you know metal but there are the doom elements that make doom metal doom to well some it's not degree. like that it's the it's the context and the feeling the emotional aspect the, it deals with end of times it's right suppo- you know right it deals with all of these so people think that this is a this is an apocalyptic style situation, right. but in terms of the the real emotional feelings and the weight of the music mm-hmm. and the and how heavy something feels and how like really like just 
drudging through some serious stuff things feel yeah i'll leave don't bend descend is much more of a doom album it's it, that, it gets pretty heavy so like really the opener the what is it melodic or is it yeah. melodic like is the m silent i think it, i don't know no i just think it just runs into the l whatever it is melodic we'll just call it that <laughs> um it's heavy like it's got some heavy portions to that song it gets loud um and once again you know it's another album that's pretty much in the same vein it's about an hour long four tracks two of them are 20 minutes long like it's not a whole lot different from other stuff that they've done in the past you know no it's just different sound different instrumentation more noise Mm -hmm. it's a noisier album Mm -hmm. it's less melodic more about instead of being about different like melodies layered it's about different intricate type of things layered it's about different tonal qualities layered and it just it just feels way way heavier and much denser on the comeback which is really interesting and that kind of that feel actually lasts throughout the rest of their their post comeback albums right and i think that the the thing about it too is is that um if I remember correctly, because I can't think of what which one is it that uh, does of the three most recent albums have um, like vocal portions of it? Isn't it Asunder or is it yeah, Lucifer and so. Towers? I feel like it's Asunder. I think uh, it's Asunder. Yeah, because Alleluia Don't Bend to Sin does not have any of kind of those uh, vocal snippets that kind of guide you in the same no. way as like an F sharp, A sharp, Infinity or a Lift Your Skinny Fist. And so it's obviously much more because of that. You have to be guided by what's going on musically because there's not another thing to thread the elements together. So because of that, I think that does give Alleluia Don't Bend to Send a different kind of feeling. And it makes you focus more on what's going on within the music. Because I think that is important is that sometimes when you do have an album like Lift Your Skinny Fist, you do tune into those kind of vocal snippets and then you almost like are so focused on that part of the song that you maybe have lost a little gotten emotionally from the song without that portion. Like what would you get out of the song sleep? Would you get those same emotions that you feel if you cut out the first two minutes of the song and got right into the actual musical end of things. And I think that's what forces Alu You Don't Bend to Send to be a different album because it has to perform musically without you having those other portions of context. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at in terms of like why people tend to to feel certain portions of their discography are all about this. Right. You know, and that's what needs to be focused on. When you think of end of times, you have to focus on F sharp, A sharp, Infinity because right. some guy talks about it at the very beginning of the album. And somehow as compared that means to the, the way whole the music album. feels. Yeah. I right. Mean, it's I not think, about the feeling. I think that you get that feeling from the segment that's used within 28 days later. But I don't get really a doom feeling from the beginning of that song where they're, you know, like it's the, you know, the street uh, preacher who's kind of, you know, vocalizing or the, you know, the Western part that we just played a moment ago. I don't get a doom feel from that. And so, you know, if you say this is a doom album, you're really only honing in on small bits of F sharp, A sharp, Infinity, which does have a lot of different things going on. I think that it is a predominantly darker album. I think that you get a lot more of that kind of hope and brightness out of like a lift your skinny fist. 
Uh, but I don't think that it's all just like weeping misery the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely not. And here's a question for you because I, I this is I find I think this is going to be interesting. Yeah, let's split it in two. Let's split their discography in two, which is really easy to do, of course. Sure. Um, their their more recent stuff and their earlier stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got this idea of like uh the tension of hope and pessimism, right. As sure. something that's kind of in, in their, their thing. Do you feel like maybe one segment of their discography represents one of those more so than the other one? As to say, does one of them represent more hope versus um, the darkest or the, the dimness or whatever? Yeah. The pessimism. And yeah, what the have pessimism. You. yeah. That's tough because I really, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Because I think that when you really break it down, it's not as though any specific album is chock full of only that one thing. And sure. so I don't think... So, like, you know, if I were to pick an album that I think had the most hope to it, it probably is Lift Your Skinny Fist. But I can't right. say that then makes that th- three-album series the one that has the most hope because one of the albums has a lot of it because that would then discount the fact that there are points in those other three albums that come in their other leg of discography that don't you know that, that aren't all doom and gloom and has some of that hope to it as well. Sure. So I don't I don't think so. I don't think that I think that their music tends to go very well together. I honestly think that the only reason that their two most recent albums don't stand out to me as much is just the amount of time I've been able to spend with them, but also coupled with um, just the length of the album, really. So those are both shorter albums. They're about 40 minutes Mm -hmm. long. So I think that the thing that I enjoy the most about Godspeed is a song, like uh, the songs on like uh, those first two albums and then still songs on the next two albums that are very, very long, which is surprising because most people would think you wouldn't really like the long songs. But the thing that you can really enjoy about the long songs is that it is so immersive. And so if they're doing something in a repeated way, it becomes something that you have completely engulfed yourself in and have now experienced for a very long time. So I remember uh, when Lift Your Skinny Fist finally hit. It was sometime last year probably early last year i'd you know i'd listened to it a couple times and i enjoyed it but it really hit then because it was like late at night i like couldn't sleep i just put it on and i kind of didn't do anything else other than just focus on what was going on and it was very very immersive like you really like feel like you're a part of that song and you feel it for so long that you really feel like you get something out of that piece of music you know what i mean yeah. Uh, and so with those other two later albums, when you go through uh, Sunder and then Luciferian Towers, they're not as dense. There's not the songs that last for that long. The The longest song is Piss, Crowns, or Troubled from Asunder, which is about 13 to 14 minutes long. Um, and so, you know, not to say that that's not still obviously a very long song, but predominantly the album does not have the same amount of time to fully engulf you into the music. So it sounds very good, but you don't feel like you've fully experienced it, I guess, at least for me. Yeah. So I, part of why I asked you for two reasons. I questioned one reason being, um, is that when I noticed this, this to me was a dramatic shift on the comeback of heavier, 
what seemed to be more depressive or more pessimism oriented feelings. Yeah. Uh, I was, un- and uh, I also found in a video on YouTube that I watched, whether it was that same one or not, I can't remember if you watch it, you'll know uh, there, I guess the, it's very difficult to find interviews with the group collectively or independently. They're, they're kind of, and they kind of keep themselves to themselves. Yeah. And one of the only interviews they did, which I think was for uh, maybe a, a short film or something, mm-hmm. they kind of discussed that briefly. Right. Yeah. And they did mention that their earlier work, their mentality in their earlier work was about uh, these, there are things that suck and are problems, right. And, and stuff that's not great about life and the world we live in. And we should address these things. But at the end of the day, we should have hope and be about hope. Sure. You know, and be about that. <laughs> and I and then, you know, as they got older and uh things changed, and they I think they lost their hope. Well, yeah. Their later half of discography, apparently they came back and are claiming that uh you know, they say that now we feel uh, you know, that that's very it's just difficult. Like things really suck and need to be pointed out and focused on. And right. that's what we really should be doing. Yeah. Like if we don't do that, then what is our music? You know, we really need to be focused on pointing out these issues. Sure. So they are a little more focused on the pessimistic aspect of it. That's interesting uh, too, because again, those albums I would argue are probably less thematic. You know, like I yeah. well, less less I evident so. thematics. And so yeah. what they're saying is we want to make sure that that feeling is brought across. They're feeling it, and they want you to feel it as well. We understand that this, like these times suck. We want you to have something musically that can guide you through the suck. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, there's still political aspects to them. Sure. You know, and dealing with like, what, what are the, what are those issues? What is it that sucks? You sure. know, sure. Cause that's kind of what they're focusing on addressing. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting the, the way that uh, things have shifted there and that it can, I think it's a shift in instrumentation that, I mean, a lot of things shift at that point. Mm -hmm. How could it not? It's 10 years later, you know, but they all kind of lead to an overall, you like a new representation of who this collective is in a Mm -hmm. way, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think that's kind of interesting. As for the length, like that is really weird. I think it's kind of odd. And, uh, you know, that the last two albums that are much shorter in terms of total length. And uh, it's just kind of weird. I mean, maybe they're. I haven't done as much looking into those last two to determine whether or not they're broken down quite as much into you know segments. The album, it seems like it's just fully segmented. You know, these are yeah. the movements are broken out into individual tracks, so right. it exists as one whole. Here are the movements, which to me is kind of like. What's weird about it is this is how classical music is. Sure, you have a whole piece that's forty minutes, not like four segments that's an hour and each of those segments has their own movements right right like you have one piece it's 40 minutes to an hour and it has its own movements which right. is kind of how luciferian towers is, is put together sure so that's kind of interesting like in a way and there and it's really made up of like two set two real segments that have three movements and then like these these this intro movement and this intermediary movement right 
So I think it's kind of interesting. And I wonder if that's not, I haven't looked as much on that one, so I don't know, but I wonder if it's not just a deliberate choice in terms of the way that they wanted to orient ideas, you know, musically. Right. It's hard to say, you know, like, cause again, we don't hear from them in the same way. Right. So you have to kind of, right. a, along with the same way of how their music really functions, a lot of what it is that has to happen is your brain has to fill in some of the blanks. You know, you're listening to mm-hmm. it and you understand what's going on with the music, but your brain fills in. This is how you should feel. This is where things are going, like that kind of thing. Like, and so I think when it comes to their intentions, in a lot of ways, they leave a lot of open ends for you to be able to do that with. Um, yeah. Also worth mentioning too, since we are moving through the progression, uh, which was not planned. Uh, don't know how this happened. I do not have an answer. They have not released an album since 2017, correct, Tyler? Correct. Luciferian Towers uh, came out in 2017. We picked this because of the fact that Jared was out of town, and we knew that he probably wouldn't want to cover this. Lo and behold, while we're listening to it, like in the middle of us listening to it, they announced that they're making a new album. What is it like in like a month or a month and a half? Yeah. yeah in like six weeks or something like yeah, that. It's like super, super soon. So like, I think it's, no, it doesn't bother me. Like, you know, we get to talk about it or listen to an experience in a different way, you know? And I honestly, like, I like when it's a case that will cover a group and then I get to hear their new album, maybe somewhat removed from it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a difference between me experiencing somebody's music and then immediately jumping in. Cause for like a lot of this stuff, like with Godspeed, um, you know, I hadn't really experienced Luciferian Towers. I had not really, I hadn't really experienced, um, how do you pronounce their third album again? Yonkui UXO? Yeah, that's how Yonkui, Yonkui UXO is how I've been pronouncing it. Right. And then really, I don't think I was really super familiar with Asunder. So a lot of those albums were also kind of new to me. And so, you know, now I get to kind of have all of this new type of music from them. I get to experience it, step away, hold on to that experience of their music, and then take that into an understanding their next album better. Because I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'm interested to see what kind of direction they take on this next album. Are they going to return to something a little longer and fuller and, and, you know, uh, more, less segmented, I suppose? Or are they going to kind of stick with the same thing they've done the last two albums? Because it seems as though the last two albums have not been as well received as their first four albums, really. And so will they kind of keep going with that? Or will they um, go back to something they've done before? Will it be completely different? Like, it's hard to know four years removed from an album what they would do next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to it's nice to have this conversation and find out the things we find out that, you know, some of the shifts in sound that we've seen, right. some of the different ideology that we've seen, some of the different, you know, to ask the questions about, this seems to be the way that Lucifer and Towers was oriented. Wonder, you know, it puts questions in our mind as listeners that we might not otherwise think about. Yeah. So we can have so many more questions and interests and wondering what's going to happen when that comes out. So it's nice to have a conversation like this beforehand or, to, or yeah. for listeners out there to listen to it and then anticipate you know, what may come in a new Godspeed album right? after thinking about, oh yeah, look at all these like changes that I've never thought about, or maybe some albums I haven't listened to that, you know, we can figure out and try to see what's going on. Cause yeah. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do as well, especially because I noticed on Luciferian Towers in the final track, Anthems for No, for no State Part 3, Earth, Southwest Surf Rock type sound in the, 
guitar tonal tonalities come back in and sneak their way back in like they did in the first album. So you, you want to listen? I'm to wondering what again? the instrument. You want to listen to yeah, some no, more well, rocky stuff? Again? We don't have to. We don't have to. But no, it seems maybe they're. No. It seems maybe that they have been. I mean, we can if you want to. You know, I'll have to find a timestamp for it. It's up to you if you want to play the part. Nah, we don't have to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Well, you, you have know, a, What would saying, be like a? What's a segment from a song that you think stood out to you the most? Again, that's so hard with the way that it's really structures. I just don't yeah. know if there's like a point that like your brain kind of like clicked in, if that makes sense. What stood out to me most is is uh, really was what I talked about earlier. I had not listened to F sharp, A sharp, Infinity in yeah. I don't know a long time, and I've really not listened to it a lot. Right. Uh, not nearly as much as Lift Your Skinny Fist or I'll Let You Dump in a Sense. So sure. when I heard all of these uh, guitar tonalities that I myself am interested in, I all the textural things I myself am interested in, I was like, this is pretty wild. Like this, I still think if I really had to pick, that may be my favorite. F sharp, A sharp, Infinity may be the one that I'm just like, if I had to choose one Godspeed album and that's the only Godspeed album I could listen to forever, right. maybe it would be that one. That makes sense. Uh, so, but other than that, it's really difficult because I think that, I think the first horn build in Storm, because it's always something I look forward to. Yes. It starts you know the I mean? album off very well. It, it gets right. you right so, into the mood of what's coming for the next hour and a half. Right. Those are the two things, like, stand, like that. The horn piece in Storm, the horn build at the beginning is a standout because it because of that. I always look right. forward to it. I know what's coming. I've listened to it lots of times. Right. It's always something that I think is a standout. I think it's just a standout moment in understanding a little bit of Godspeed to begin with. Right. So it stood out to me the way that it always does. But this other this instrumentation I wasn't always thinking about in F sharp, A sharp, Infinity, that I really when you think like if you start off with lift your skinny fists and even if you just start there and go through the rest of the discography you don't think about that type of guitar texture right taking part in their music but it does and i think that album is super interesting because i think it stands alone from the rest of the discography as something that just has weird different tonality to it mm -hmm. you know i really don't think they they focus on any of the tonality that they do there throughout the rest of it they get a lot more grandiose they get a lot more string and horn oriented right than they you know, on their comeback, they get a lot heavier, they get a lot noisier, but they don't have the same kind of tonality that they had in that album, basically anywhere else in their discography. So yeah. what really stood out to me was how much I loved that album and how much I just found some interesting little bits of of whatever going on in there. Yeah. Of the guitar work of, you know, some of the other stuff. So those that's the standout for me. Uh in that regard this week that makes sense so you mentioned you said this and i it, it to me in because i want to make sure we touch on this is it can be like you know the last kind of thing we have to talk about uh is that we didn't talk about the physical end of their media just yet so oh, what sure. do, what do you own from them already i only own lift your skinny fists and hallelujah don't bend the sun okay yeah see i i only own lift your skinny fists i don't have hallelujah but I think both of us now uh, very much would like a copy of F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. I would love it. I, I would love it. And that the that inserts has are amazing. I love yeah. it. It's such an interesting concept that they like because obviously with like the initial portion of their music, they probably weren't anticipating that they were going to have some kind of cult following. You know, right? Um, you know, they just kind of did what they wanted to do. So the original, yeah, they only had a, a 500 jack uh, uh, of their album, it looks like. Because it says that Yeah, it's very limited release in the first, and it doesn't look the way that we know it as today. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a different right. 
the physical as uh, the the jacket was different. Things were a little bit different on it. So, mm-hmm. and then inside the jacket there were inserts. So here's the inserts. I will just read them. So uh, an old handbill, uh, the album's credit sheet, a picture drawn by the guitarist Minnick, and a Canadian penny crushed by a train. Yeah. A a what? A Canadian <laughs> penny crushed by a train. How yep, many trains? Train. Is there like a guy out there just like, all right, I'm going to put a line of pennies. And when the train comes by, I'm going to pick them up. Or like, did they just go to the train tracks and look for pennies? They must have went out there. I don't. <laughs> I love it, though. They found 500 crushed pennies. And they said, all right, we've got all of our crushed pennies. Now let's stick them in the album. <laughs> we've gone out there and collected the pennies. We've been sweeping railways all over this, wherever they're from. Quebec, I think. Montreal. Uh-huh. All over Montreal. I think they're from Montreal. All over Montreal. We've located 500 crushed pennies. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to stick them into the sleeves. Apparently. It's and, weird. Yeah. And apparently the, the record still has just about the exact same packaging elements like today. So if you get it now, you'll still get all these different parts of the Isn't album. Wild? Except for one part. The penny. The penny is no longer Canadian because Canadians don't mint pennies anymore because wow, they're not stupid. Lame. I think what I'm going to no do... No more pennies. Have, I'm pretty sure I can find some Canadian pennies laying around that I have. <laughs> You'll so take them gonna, to the train. I'm just going to take it to the train and crush it and replace my U.S. penny with my Canadian penny. And there'd be no way to know. There wouldn't, and then I'll sell it on. And then I'll sell it on. I do wonder, like, did you look to see how much a copy of F sharp, A sharp, yeah, Infinity is? is I did. It, is it pretty like, bad? Man, I'd love to own one of the original pressings of that in that sleeve. It's not, they don't sell for that much. Really? 35, 35 bucks. For the original? 30, yeah, 35 no. $40, $50. Yeah. No. For the original yep. 500 Or are you talking like a, a repressing uh, later? This must be a reissue. This must be a reissue say. from the same year. I was going to say. It's hard. Geez. Let me tell you, it's difficult to find the original because there's a oh, bunch of versions on here of lp from all over the place right it's really hard to determine right which is which well again if it's a 500 press that means i'm wondering if it's this there are 500 of them if it's limited numbered yes okay here we are yeah this is out of 500 this is the original there there are none for sale none on discogs right now that's not surprising at all why would you because i mean if you think about it who are the people who got those 500 they, I guarantee you that they only just sold. They sold at shows, I think, and that's it. But like, what's about sold at shows? Who got those? Who are the people who got those five hundred? Canadians. Canadians. What else? People who really like it and will not be. I mean, it's got to be people yeah. who like it. It's the not, people who found like, it initially. There were people who right. like that, like just kind of. Oh, I wonder if this is any good. I'll pick it up. These are the five hundred yeah. people that actively sought out Godspeed when they first started. Of course, they don't want to get rid of that original pressing. Yeah, you'd have to get it from but them if, by their cold, dead fingers. If you do, though, I will buy it from you. <laughs> just the penny, please. I don't want any of the other parts. I just, just want the penny because I penny. know I can get the rest of the album, but I can't get my crushed penny. I will buy it. I will buy it from you. Will I buy it as readily as I will buy my Chinese football? I don't know, but I will buy it. <laughs> so now we now from the last two episodes, we now know that we want to have our DNA put into a can that can be sprayed onto a penny that was crushed by yep. a train. 
We'll just yeah. see how much physical media I think, that we can tie into our episodes the next couple of episodes. I think that's what you want to do. I think what I've learned is I want to huff DNA infused paint. Right. And then attempt to crush pennies on train tracks. That's an uh, that's a whole different direction. Yeah. That's, that's a whole different direction. I love that too. I love All right. That. I do have some fun bits though. We should we should roll through the You want to talk about the terrorism thing? I've got I don't know that thing. You no? can we can talk about that thing and yeah, you can enlighten me on the terrorism thing and I will it. get the a couple of the other things. So mm-hmm. where do you want to start? Uh, you brought you it up, so you go or... first, please. All right, so we'll start with um, the name, which is a cool name. This yes. is a, a less fun fun bit in terms of funny, but it's fun. Yeah. It's the name Godspeed You Black Emperor they took from a 1976 Japanese documentary film mm-hmm. about an individual guy who is part of a motorcycle gang known as the Black Emperors in Japan. So in the mid-70s, early to mid-70s, there was a bunch of uh, there's a rise in a motorcycle movement in Japan, where people were customizing motorcycles and getting it together as groups and riding around and so and causing trouble, you know. So this kid gets in trouble like with they the police. Would yeah, this kid gets in trouble with the police, and then uh, the movie's basically about him, his interaction with his parents, and dealing with this stuff after he gets you know dealing with his parents and everyone confronting his lifestyle. After that, so the Black Emperor is he is the Black Emperor, a member of the Black em- Black Emperors. Godspeed you is in like good luck to you, you know, and all this stuff that's happening, mm-hmm. right? So pretty cool. I like the name. I love the name. In fact, I think it's just a super cool name. It is a so. cool name. It, it it definitely like you have to assume it comes from something when you hear it. You know, like yeah. How would you have come to Godspeed you, Black Emperor, as a phrase without something like that? You know, right? Yeah, and it's an interesting place to pull it from. Regardless, yeah, uh, another shows, little fun shows them being is, the artsy side that, that we would have to imagine that they are. Of course. So, um, the I'm, the other fun bit is a bit of a I'm going to open a bit of a chasm, but we'll try to make it brief. I'll say. Let's hear. So it. it's just it's just the post rock thing in general. We listened to an additional album this week or this cu- couple of weeks, what have you? Sure. Uh, which was a Silver Silver Mountain Zion album. Uh, full name: The Silver Mountain Zion Memorial Orchestra. Uh huh. It's made up of members of Godspeed and a couple of other people, of course. Good album, follows along similar lines. Mm. Any musical collective that is non-lyrical that's if, of this nature will kind of you know do the thing. Right. So, uh, But, of course, with the same good. members, it's going to have even the same kind of like uh, right. tones that they're expecting or uh, moods that they're wanting to translate, you know? Yes. So uh, an interesting thing I found with them was they have done various collaborations mm-hmm. and they did a collaboration with Vic Chestnut, who I enjoy. Vic Chestnut is he's what well, he's since passed, but uh-huh. he was a kind of a folk uh, indie folk artist who uh, was a singer songwriter type situation. So mm-hmm. they worked on an album, multiple albums of his two of them towards the end of his life that were released in 2009. One of them being at the cut which is a, one of like my favorite album of his, which I thought was like really cool that they collaborated and did work on that. So uh-huh. they have some cross genre stuff going on to an extent. And uh, of course, with another thing that's very mainstream and a lot of people would be really, really into. Yep. <laughs> I listened to lots of other albums because of this. Did so you? I also, yeah, this week I also ended up listening to, uh, all of a sudden I miss everyone by explosions in the sky. Fair. Which is a so these the first few are post they're different forms as we I mentioned when I mentioned L ten eleven they're different of stylings of post rock of course Godspeed is kind of like the group that I think 
really influence a lot of these mid aughts post rock people that we see during their hiatus, right? That came about for sure, uh, for sure. Because obviously, you know, the they're kind of they're not even just like the the Godfathers or anything of this. Because like Mogwai came out at the same time. Somehow right. we've made it through a post rock episode, and this is the first time we're saying the word Mogwai. Uh, I was going to mention them earlier because their song structure is shorter. So the last two albums, right. I was going to say, hey, this is kind of more like a Mogwai style situation, really, for sure, in terms of how how those uh, songs tend to play out. Right. So, you know, so. You've, you've got other people in that time period. And even like, like I said, you know, I mentioned Swans. They really also yep. started to kind of go into that post-rock direction as well around this point in time. They weren't there the whole time, but they no. certainly started to move in that direction and really hit it in 2001. Um, yep. But yeah, there's obviously, there obviously post-rock did not stop with Godspeed. It no. progressed forward. So go on. No. Well, all explosions in the sky are from Minnesota, so we're seeing some Midwest love for, for post rock. So it's kind of, and that's kind of, and their explosions in the sky are a little bit of a more, like kind of punky sometimes feel I'd to agree. that type I'd of ag- thing. I'd agree with that. So uh, you know that gets kind of, which I make think it makes sense for the, um, Midwestern uh, version of it, right? Mm-hmm. I also listened to This Will Destroy You's self titled album, which is a great album uh-huh. that I don't follows White. Oh, it's good. It's uh, it's an 08 release. Falls in a very similar footsteps to what Godspeed was doing on uh, "Lift Your Skinny Fists" and those and the albums where they're more cinematic. Gotcha. One of the main one of the songs on there, the uh, "Mighty Rio Grande," was used in the movie Moneyball. Okay. So it actually fit right in, right, to a movie, just like in Twenty Eight Days Later type yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. Listen to a little bit of L Ten Eleven. Listen to a bit of other other things. So. Kind of interesting stuff uh, in terms of uh, post-rock. It's kind of like a thing where when you start listening, I feel like I just need to listen to a bunch of post-rock now. Like, I can't just listen to, you know, so. Yeah, and that's the funny thing, too, is that, like, you know, with Godspeed, of course, they they can take you in different directions because there mm-hmm. is other post-rock, and you can spend a lot of time there. Uh, yeah. Even if it's only, uh, if even if there were only, like, six. A, you can spend an hour and an hour and an hour exactly. and an hour. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that, like, if it's a case that you're like, oh, I want to listen to some more post-rock, uh, don't worry. Each one of them will give you a couple hours every once mm-hmm. in a while, you know, like. I've always found it to be good music to uh, work to, though. So I like to put it on at work because it's uh, it, it just helps me do my thing. I think it's it, it's so. it serves almost like a, a weird opposite. And you know how, like, a lot of people will say, like, oh, yeah, I like to listen to jazz music while I study. And yep. it's just because, obviously, and, like, I, I'm sure somebody understands this, you know, like they, they don't, they understand why it is, is because it's just not vocal. You know, like when right. you listen to it's the vocals, if you're trying to read something and also interpret the words makes it yep. difficult. But like with jazz, it's a little smoother, obviously for the, usually for the most part. So when you're listening to it, you're like, Oh yeah, this is relaxing. I'm going to study, but Godspeed is not really frequently in that realm. You know, it has some, some smooth moments, but if you were studying at some point, you're going to just randomly start getting anxious. You're like, I thought I was studying what's going on now. Like, (laughs) is there a giant wave coming for me? Like Uh I thought I was just doing some light reading. Um, no. So, um, the other, the other funny bit, funny bit, interesting bit, whatever you might want to call it. Uh, there was a point in time where they were confused for terrorists. Uh, so they were in Oklahoma and I guess they stopped at a gas station. I don't know why the gas station attendant got this feeling. I don't know what they would have been doing, but they thought that they were terrorists. So they, uh, notified some customer like with a note. They're like, call the police. 
So the FBI <laughs> shows up. And of course, unfortunately, Godspeed is like the worst band to get caught by the FBI under uh, assumption of terrorism because they've got a bunch of political stuff just hanging around, just some uh, sure. anti-government documents. They're anarchists. Like, well, only one of them, the, the main main guy, is the only one who so far has actually claimed to be an anarchist. But anarchism flows through their music. Some they're Canadian. Many have interpreted. And, of course, they're from another country. These Canadian. foreigners <laughs> coming into Oklahoma. Um, let off without, you know, too much suspicion, but they definitely were like, why do you have all of these anti-government documents? Mm-hmm. Why are these here? We're just musicians, man. We're just, we hate the government because we make music about it. Were they released? They were released. Yes. And mm-hmm. apparently the, uh, um, it's funny. So, um, Menek, um, was talking about it in an interview and basically uh, actually not even in an interview. I'm sorry. He said it. Uh, they were talking about it uh, during a performance and he basically was just like, good thing that we were uh, nice white kids from Canada. Like <laughs> in the event that they were any other kind of band, they uh, would not have been treated as nicely no, with the no, things that they had not. at their disposal. Um, oh, but they actually had all of that covered uh, in a Michael Moore movie. Dude, where's my country that that is actually nice. included Within that, because, of course, they're talking about, you know, many political events, as he always does. Um, And so it makes sense that, you know, that kind of situation would find its way into such a movie. But uh, I thought that was also pretty interesting that the anarchists uh, were stopped by the FBI. They were like, we're just nice white Canadians. Let us go. So oh I don't think that they played that card or anything. I think they just no. recognized the just reality of their privilege, if you will. Yeah. So so I found a, a video that people should check out because it's kind of humorous. It's from WNYC. Hit it. Which is the uh, NPR affiliate, I believe, for, for New York. Mm-hmm. Of uh, It's called Soundcheck, where they ask kids, they play music for kids and ask them to like talk, you know, give a little rating, a little speech about it. Yeah. And these three kids did Godspeed. I love that. And, Send uh, that to me, please. They they eagerly mentioned that lyrics were were necessary and required in this instance, but uh, I think overall it got like medium to medium high reviews by the three kids. So I think okay. it was kind of okay. I'm but curious you can find how that, that would on go. YouTube. Find it on YouTube. Give it a peek. You should give it a peek. Caleb, you'll enjoy it. I, I, and, uh, I, I kind of want to. I'll end my funny bits here with uh, this YouTube link. I'm going to send you okay. in, the, in the text channel. You got it. And it's uh, it's this is full memeified Godspeed. Oh no, no, no Tyler! It's better than you think. It's better than you think. Would it's not? It's right. it's not negative. I'd like you to introduce it, please. All right. So this is a rant. Oh my right, God. We'll start it with this here. This is <laughs> Alex Jones. Uh-huh. If you don't know Alex Jones, then I don't know who, what what rock you're living under. But he's a. And I would like right you wing. to to show me where that rock is. Sure. Yeah, we all like would like to get underneath that. For <laughs> you a got a rock where there's no Alex there Jones? <laughs> Let me so in. He, he, of course, is a is a well known right wing. Uh, it's hard to say radio. He has his own radio programming, so it's not like he's yeah. a network affiliated radio. Because host, he's he been pulled radio from so many things at this point, right? Yeah, and he's known for getting uh, overworked and a little bit heated. So yes. this this beautiful person complain 45 subscribers love you pal has overlaid a alex jones rant about justin bieber 
with Godspeed, you emperor music. I'm, you but <laughs> I'm I'm not sure where this is going, but I'm ready for it. I think. All now, right, let's do it. Riding down to the waterline. That's destiny. That's will. That's striving. That's being a trailblazer and explorer. Going into space. Mathematics. Quantum mechanics. The secrets of the universe. It's all there. Life is fiery with its beauty. It's incredible detail. Tuning into it. They want to shut in your mind. Jordan and Bieber. Unlock your human potential. Defeat the globalists who want to shatter your mind. Your doorways to perception. I want to see you truly live. I want to see you truly be who you are. Ah, I don't want my progeny who's coming. My unborn grandchildren and great-grandchildren to live in this nightmare system these control freaks have created amazing and i had to play the whole thing just so i could hear all of it yep go give it you'll hear a a tidbit probably uh, yeah i'll let uh, you decide i'll let you decide where the right place to to make that happen is gonna cut is i I think i'm gonna cut about a third of the way into it where after it gets the first when he starts really getting animated yeah 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 so for for visual and beaver It's phenomenal. I can't believe it. Listen here. All <laughs> I, I hope the whole album. Is, hope the new album, you know? Yep. Jamaica Jones- Plain, you have you have earned one subscriber today. <laughs> phenomenal. My- so go go peek that album or that uh, video listeners to to get some visual stimuli from it as well. Make sure so. to, to link that in the description. I yeah. might actually do it this time. I hope you do. It's so funny. I hope you so. do. So uh, but yeah, so if you are, you know, if you are somebody who is just discovering Godspeed because of us, I don't know how that would happen. That seems highly unlikely. Um, but or if you just didn't know about it, their seventh album does come out um, here soon. It it is announced for. I will give you an exact date, and that is April second. Not far at all, actually. That's if that's, geez, Tyler, that's only a couple that's weeks. Like two away. weeks. Yeah. yeah. That's really close. Man, we're we hit, close. We're we hit that on the gone. button. And it was only just announced, like I said, like a week ago. Uh, but right. that's going to be called... Um, I, I'm going to say it. It's, it's God's P at State's End. But it's G yeah. under underscore D's. So that's a, that's a nickname for them. Is it? I don't know if you looked at... I guess it's one more little funny bit we've oh, got to cover. God's right? P... It? Yeah. At State's End. That makes yeah. sense. God's P. God's P is a uh, one of the nicknames that they also go by. I see. God's so they go P. by God's P. That makes they go, sense. Yeah. And they go by uh, a handful of things. And I can't. Now, I thought that it was on Wikipedia. Oh, here we go. They go by. Uh-huh. They go by God's Of course, they uh-huh. go by uh, G-Y-B-E. God's uh-huh. P. And then Peed Emperor. Huh. Also. Pied Emperor, they also go by. Pied Emperor, I love that. Well, that makes a lot more sense now. That context does it. But yeah, if you're listening, uh, let's say that you're listening to this on like, I don't know, like if you've made it to the 20s, you've got like no time at all to be ready for this new album. And it looks like it is, it's currently the length of right around 52 minutes. So it has the potential to be a little bit longer than those 40 minute albums, but obviously is not going to be as... uh, you know, dense as an hour and a half album. 
So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this new album. Yeah, so. no doubt. Cool. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. We've been talking about Godspeed You, Black Emperor, God's P, and next week we're going to be talking about Pavement, going a different direction, as we often do. Check out all of our stuff at our website, recordroundtable.com. That'll get you everywhere you need to be. Uh, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Good Band, Bad Band, as well. It's got some fun stuff over there, too. We're going to be talking about Imagine Dragon Force there here soon. Cool stuff. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.